My name is Mike Schroeder, and my wife and I serve as part of the pastoral team here. So glad to be with you. Uh, if you're wondering what's wrong with him, uh, I, I actually broke my shoulder. Well, yeah, there's, uh, my wife says, in so many ways. Uh, yeah, I broke my shoulder about, what, 10 days ago or so, and I'm on the mend, but uh, it only hurts when I move it, so I'm not going to be doing a lot of moving around today. Uh, yeah, just, uh, just so good to be together. I, I was, you know, I've, I've had a little bit of extra time, and I, and I saw this, uh, I saw this ad, it's not an ad, it's a, a, a one of those road, big uh, billboard signs that you see on the side of the road. I don't know if it's true, but it's got a picture of this young pastor from a church that apparently is called Pursuit, The Pursuit, which is one of those, you know, young, young and upcoming uh, church names. And, and uh, it, it says, come here, our pastor. He's not very good, but his sermons are short. So I don't know, uh, I, I don't know what your experience is going to be here today. But don't worry, Pastor Matt will be back next week, God willing. So, <laughs> um, I, I love preaching, and I love God's Word, and uh, I love you, and we love the Lord. So why don't we pray, and we'll just get started here today. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you mean to us. And thank you for the gift of your Word. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, for salvation for what Jesus has done for us and who he means to us. And we pray your blessing on each one here in the house and also online in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Now, I didn't hear you online. Say it out loud, at least quietly. Say amen. Okay, just get engaged here if you would. Don't be embarrassed because someone across the room has a coffee. You know, you can go ahead and, and get into it. It's, it's not possible to overreact to God's goodness. Okay, now let me just say one thing about something that happened yesterday, a momentous event yesterday. Our dear pastor, Matthew Jansen, had a birthday yesterday, and we want to honor you. God bless you, Pastor Matt. He is the real deal. I spend a lot of time with him, and, uh, you know, he is an amazing example to me. Uh, he's a man of God, a man of prayer, a man of faith, uh, a man of excellence. He's a great husband, a great dad, and he's an awesome pastor. So thank you, Pastor Matt. We love you dearly. Happy birthday. Amen. Now, uh, the big idea here today is that disciples abide in God's word. Disciples abide in God's word. We're going to be in John chapter 8 this morning. And so if you want to turn there, I'm going to walk through uh, a little bit slowly and intentionally this portion of Scripture in John chapter 8, verse 31, starting. But, and then, then I've got some thoughts I want to talk to you today about roots and going deep. And then we're going to close. So it's going to be a good morning. I'm really looking forward to this. I believe that... Uh, Something is here for each one of us, especially for certain people. And I don't frankly know who you are. I'm not preaching at just one or two. I'm sharing this word in faith. But I do believe that there's something special for you here today. You know, there's a lot of agendas out there right now. 
Uh, if you don't believe me, just uh, get into a small group of three or four and give, an, uh, give your opinion about masks. Uh, give your opinion about vaccines. Give your opinion even about, you know, the old school uh, one from last year, Donald Trump. Um, or, you know, give your opinion about there's a lot of agendas out there right now. And as uh, Shelley just said, yeah, hot topics. But I just want to, you know, the, the big idea here is that uh, disciples abide in the Word of God. And there's an agenda that God has for us, and it's to bring us safely from where we are to where He is. What is Jesus doing right now? Well, He's doing a lot of things. He's building His church, and He's praying for you. And he's also, he's preparing a place, and I love this scripture in John 14, I think it is. He says, I am going to prepare a place for you. Why is he doing that? Because he says, I want you to be with me. Wow. What wondrous love. Jesus wants me to be with him. I think, you know what, sometimes it's annoying for preachers to say, say after me. But I, I'd like you to think about what I just said, and I'd like you to try saying it out loud if you would. Even at home, it's okay to say this out loud. It's not a problem, okay? Jesus wants me to be with him. Okay, say it. Jesus wants me to be with him. Isn't that awesome? There's agendas out there, but I believe that disciples have an agenda and have a conversation and have thoughts about more than just what's on the news and how many people are in the hospital. Come on, it's tragic. There's people that have passed away this week. Dear friend of ours, pastor's wife from Victoria died this week and out of complications from COVID. They always say that because it's usually, it's usually not COVID that kills people. Uh, just a news flash, you know, COVID is not necessarily uh, lethal. Uh, but anyways, I, I'm not going to go any more about, about that. But the point is, is that, you know, there's lots to think about. But God wants us, and I'm going to say it this way, and I hope you don't think it's, uh, what do you call it, uh, too, too common. And, and I said, we need to hang out with the Word. We need to kind of make that our environment. You know, the news is important. I don't like to be in denial. You know, there's lots happening all over the world. Did you know there's 100,000 Russian troops on the border of um, the Ukraine right now? I mean, it's cold and terrible there. I don't know even why they're doing that, but I, well, I have an idea. But the point is, there's lots happening. But Jesus is getting ready to bring us to himself. And he's got an agenda. And he's got a plan and a purpose and a will for you and for me. All right. There's lots happening, and I could make a list. In fact, I made a list. I'm not going to go there anymore. Let's get right into the Word here. In John chapter 8, and uh, I, you can tell I'm, I'm not used to this. I've only got one hand happening here, and so I'm, I, can't, I can hardly see, and there's nothing we can really do about it. So I'm just going to, I mean, I can see fine, but there's the, this mic stands in my way. All right, so here we are, John chapter 8, verse 31. It says this, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. I thought that was interesting. I never actually noticed this because he, he starts off talking about talking to believers, and later on, just within a, a few moments, he's talking to people that aren't so sure about him. He's in the temple. He's teaching and preaching and sharing uh, uh, information and, and 
blessing with people. And he said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide, which means to continue in and to hold to, abide in my word. You know, I, I, I've been through a few things in the last 10 days, and every time I move my right elbow, I, I, I notice really right away. Uh, but my circumstances do not determine the goodness of God. I'm going to say that one more time. That's one thing that's really come to me strong in the last 10 days. My circumstances are not the litmus test for God's goodness. You know, if I have pain in my shoulder, or if, you know, if I, if I can't find a parking spot, God is still faithful, and he's still good, and he's still on the throne. And it's going to work out somehow. And I, frankly, I've, I have a new appreciation for many of you who deal with chronic pain. And I don't want to minimize that, but God is still on the throne. God is going to work things out. Abide in my word, he says. Hang out in the word. If you do that, he says, you are my disciples indeed. Truly, you are my disciples. And uh, that is our primary identity. I am Canadian. I am a, a man. I'm a male. Um, it just I know that's a very amazing thing to say, but that's my identity. But my main identity is that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a disciple. And if you abide in me, he says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And this is going to be the result of hanging out in God's word. You're going to know the truth. You know, the truth is out there. If you have that conversation about certain things, you'll have all kinds of ideas about what the truth is. But the, there is a truth. We may, none of us in this room may actually know the truth about certain things like COVID. But we do know the truth about God, and he's revealing it to us through his word. And our experiences all around the world with, with COVID and with, uh, with, uh, with floods, uh, there's there's terrible drought in my friend's place in Malawi right now, and there's all kinds of problems all around the world, but the truth is that God is bringing people to himself, and people are coming to know him, even as, we, as I speak, and even as we are here today. He says, you will know the truth, you'll get a knowledge of, you will perceive, you will feel, you will understand, that's what that word gnosko, the word truth, um, sorry, the word know means, and the word truth is, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's aletheia. And it's, uh, there's objectively, it's what's true in any matter under con uh, consideration. But subjectively, I like this, truth as a personal excellence, that state of mind which is clear in spite of the many voices. The Bible says there's many voices out there, and all of them are have their significance. We don't minimize the fact that there's, you know, there's ideas that are valid. But the truth is something that you and I will know if we hang out in the Word, if we abide in the Word of God. Isn't that awesome? And the truth will set you free. And now here's these folks, and some of them got offended when Jesus said that. Can you imagine getting offended at Jesus? Well, sometimes we are. Anyway, but Jesus says the truth will set you free. And they says, what are you talking about? We're sons and daughters of Abraham. What do you mean getting, setting us free? And Jesus answered him, uh, Jesus, uh, what, let me say here, here. Oh, yeah, 
They said, we're, we've ne he says, we've never been in bondage to anyone, said the man who was under Roman domination and a litany of long history of, of Rome and Egypt and, and Greece and uh, Babylon and Assyria and Syria and Assyria again before that. There, just a long history of domination in the Holy Land. And they said, oh, yeah, we're, no, we're free. Come on. <laughs> Pay attention. The truth that Jesus says is more true than your perception and mine. Hallelujah. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin, what a thing to say. Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful I did try smoking as a teenager, and uh, let me tell you, it's not that good. Uh, and and it's, it's not that hard to quit if you don't really get started. But apparently, you know, I, I, I've never been addicted to other drugs and alcohol. Uh, but they say that, you know, tobacco uh, addiction is, or nicotine addiction is harder than, than most of the others, is what I've heard. Um, and I can't compare because I don't know. But, uh, you know, when there's, when there's people that are out there that are in denial, they say, oh, I can quit any time. But, you know, you can, sometimes you can quit near the beginning, but after a while you become a slave to it. And I'm going to be talking, I'll be talking about things that are a little more personal and I'll be in your face a little bit more today. But um, you still have to love me and I'll try to make it as short as possible even if it's not good. But so far, I think it's all right. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. A slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. And we have to understand that we are daughters and sons of the Most High. That's who we are. You know, who he is is faithful. He's the way maker. That's who he is. We're the ones whose way is being made for us. He's the place maker. He's making a place for us because we're daughters and sons of the Most High God. That's who we are. And I would like to uh, talk about some examples of this, and I want to talk about roots. Um, but I, I do want to mention that I don't really like gardening. I'm not really, uh, I don't really know too much about gardening. I think you're supposed to water plants mostly. There's some plants that don't like too much water. But I brought a, a photo, and I think I might have the photo, um, and that is a photo of a plant called um, a horsetail. And, and I don't like horsetails uh, because when I, you know, I, I do sometimes pick weeds. We have one of those, what do you call it, low-maintenance uh, gardens. You know, we, we put down the, uh, the black stuff, and then you put bark mulch on top and you're not supposed to have a lot of weeds but somehow these horsetails come and what I really don't like about them is they have really strong roots and really weak stems and so if you try to pull them the stem breaks off you barely touch it and the stem breaks off and now where's the root you know I lost it and so you got to dig down and 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 the roots they are everywhere and, and I do not really like horsetails. Maybe I'm not the only one. Anyone else hate horsetails? I don't like horsetails. Um, I don't mind horses, but I don't like horsetails. And I, I read something about, I, I, I found out too much about horsetails as I was uh, preparing for the day. 
But after the eruption of Mount St. Helens, some of you weren't born yet, but back in the 80s, early 80s, right? Or was it 81, 82? Mount St. Helens erupted. Oh, was it 86? Oh, sorry. May of 1980, yeah, I kind of thought it was earlier than 86 because we were in Winnipeg and the, the ashes actually covered our car, not covered, but were in our, over our cars even in Winnipeg. So when Mount St. Helens erupted afterward, the very first plant that got through all the lava rocks was a horsetail. I hate horsetails, and they were the first after Mount St. Helens. But, you know, there, the Bible talks about roots, and I want to talk about three different kinds of roots. Uh, the root of all evil talks about our values, and bitter roots talks about our heart issues, and deep roots talk about spiritual excellence. So first of all, the root of all evil, the Bible says, of course, that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, 1 Timothy 6.10. That's the love of money. But I, I believe that that kind of is a category of things that people live for. And a, a lot of times there's, there's an overlap and there's a, there's a combination of different rationales. You know, people, they like power because they like money, or they like money because they like power. Um, there's uh, all kinds of things like, like fame. Uh, people like to get a lot of likes on their social media, and what that leads to is that what they'd like to do is monetize their social media. That's why they want more likes. Or they just like to be popular. You know, whatever, whatever it is, the values that, w that we live for, um, things like outer beauty and power and popularity and, and all of those kinds of things. You know, God says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the truth and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And God wants us to have this love of his word, this passion for his word, and for his truth. It's not about, well, I read my Bible in the morning and then I forget about it. It's, it's that God's word, will allowing God's word to shape us. And if I can use some old-fashioned language to ruminate in the word of God and, and to, to, to really have this sense of... Uh, you know, it's affecting my life. It's affecting how I think. It's affecting what I stand for, what I believe in. It's God's Word. It's the Bible. You know, why do I believe this? Well, because God's Word teaches me. God teaches me through reading the Bible, in fact. Uh, the love of money, the root of all evil. What about this one? And this is, this is you, you thought it was bad then, now it's getting worse now. The the bitter roots, the bitter roots in our heart. And you might say, well, I'm not, I'm not bitter. I don't have a bitter bone in my body. Let me just talk about this for a minute, not to convince you that you're bitter, but I think we need to understand that there is there's sort of a, a, a sliding scale here that we have to watch out for. And first of all, I'll just read this scripture in Hebrews 12. It says, look after each other. So that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And there's this line. There's, i got two of them here. 
there's this line that goes from evaluating a circumstance or even a person. You know, the Bible says, by their fruit, you will know them. So you can, I, you can evaluate a situation. Well, I, you know, and then the, the next one is characterization. And then the last one is judgment, which leads to bitterness. Okay, so I'm going to start with evaluation. Well, you know, that person, he, he's not always forthcoming. You know, that's, that's an evaluation. That could be true or false, and that's likely accurate if you experience, if your experience of the person is that, you know, that they, you don't always know if they're telling the truth, that, you know, that's something that you can't just ignore. Because sometimes you have to, you know, you have to understand. You have to have boundaries and all of those different things. And it's a bit complicated. It's not like we just, you know, accept everything that everybody says. All right? So, so he's not always forthcoming. But then what happens is, if that happens more than once or twice, then we start thinking it's more of a characterization. You know, he lies all the time. So when he says something, you know, be careful. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to say that's right or wrong, but this is, what, this is what happens. It goes from an evaluation of the circumstance to a characterization. But what, what the problem is is that it's so easy to slip from there into um, a judgment. He's a liar. Okay, so, so now it's not about what he sometimes does and you have to be careful or he usually or almost always does. Now it's who he is. And that's where it gets to be a judgment. And what happens if we stay there, of course, we understand. Christians don't judge, right? Jesus is the judge. Uh, you know, Jesus, it says in the word, do not judge. And uh, the, the standard by which you judge. And then what happens, of course, if you say, well, I, I'm not sure I believe you. Uh, sometimes people say, well, don't judge me. That's maybe not judging. Maybe that's just evaluating. So we have to have the Holy Spirit in our life, but it says here, it says, watch out. You know, be, be aware. Be aware that you don't... Oh, sorry. Why did that hurt my shoulder? I don't know, but anyway. Uh, be aware. Be careful that we don't get to the judgment part when we're being discerning. Be aware of this because it hurts you and it grows up to trouble many, that root of bitterness. And so what we have to have is short accounts and lots of forgiveness and mercy. And if we're hanging out in the Word, you see, you won't hear this on the news. You won't hear this stuff in the, in the world. They'll just say, you know, if someone, if someone isn't trustworthy, cut them off and, you know, have nothing to do with them and, and, and so forth and, and bitterness. The, the world is full. The messages are full full of bitterness that we hear all the time, you know, with whether it's, you know, racism. You know, if I disagree with someone, now I'm a hater. That's not right. That's bitterness. That's not true. That's not God's word. We can have, we can believe God's word, and if it's different from popular culture, that's not a, that's not our problem. You know, we're not a hater just because we disagree with someone else's ideas. All right. Uh, see, see, it's the Word of God that has to affect our view 
of life. It has to affect our view of reality. It's not the, uh, the messages out there. It's God's word. We have to hang out in God's word. Then we'll be his disciples, and the truth will set us free. Okay, so then this next one, if I've been hurt by someone, if I have pain because someone has done something that's been hurtful to me, I don't just say, well, it's okay. Because maybe it's not okay. Because pain hurts. And maybe that person shouldn't have done that. It doesn't even mean they meant to. It just means I hurt. And I need to own that. I need to understand that. But then the next step, of course, is offense. And now I'm offended at that person, especially if they did it more than once or it was someone I really never expected that to happen. You know, maybe I've been betrayed by someone that was a friend. And, I, you know, my experience is I still have friends that have betrayed me in the past and they're still my friends. Go figure. But, you know, offense, again, happens. The Bible talks a lot about this, that, you know, it's, it's, it's just happens that people get offended. Does anyone know how long I've been going here? Too long? Okay, we're almost, we're getting close to the end here. I just don't want to keep you too long. But so there's pain, then there's offense, then there's uh, unforgiveness, right? And the, the solution to healing and the solution to freedom most often goes through an area of forgiveness because there's trauma and all different reasons why there's uh, addictions and pain and sorrow and all the stuff that we go through. But if you want to be free, there's generally speaking, there's somewhere down the road there needs to be forgiveness from you to someone else because that's just the way life, the way life is. But the, the, the dangerous part, let me just tell you this, and I don't, honestly, I don't understand this because, you know, on the one hand, you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's true, and I believe it till the day I die. And another thing I have to believe that I don't really get, and I don't see how these two things go together, to be honest. But Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. That's a, a very sobering word. It's in red letters if you have a red-letter Bible. You know what that means, right? That means a quote from Jesus. And I don't want to walk around being unforgiven. So I need to walk around in forgiveness towards those who have offended me and hurt me. Now, that's not hard. That's impossible. But thank God for the grace of God that helps us. And there is a way for this to happen. Hallelujah. Now, some of you need, some of you need to smile more if you're going to have your mask off, all right? Because I... I <laughs> <laughs> Those of you that are home, I hope you're with us here. We're having a good time, believe it or not. Okay, but the good news is that there's deep roots that provide life to us when we're rooted in the Scriptures. Jesus talked about this. There's, there's the seeds that go on, on, um, on rocky soil that represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but then they don't have deep roots. They believe for a while, and then they fall away. So we need to hang out in the Word, not fall away from the Word. Jesus says, if you hang out, if you abide in my Word, and then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Three quick things about this relationship to the Word that gives us deep roots, okay? These are very practical things. First of all, mix it with faith. When we hear the Word, 
we mix it with faith. We make it personal. We make it ours. We, we, if, if it's different from the way that we've been taught or the voices that we're hearing or the agendas that are out there, we need to understand that God's word is true and mix that with faith. Make it our own, in our own heart. The second thing is that your roots can go down into God's love and keep you strong. It's a personal relationship. It's not just a bunch of ideology. It's not just a, a religious thing. But it's actually let your roots go down into him and let your lives be built on him. That's the third one. Jesus says this, if you, if you, uh, if you commit sin, you'll be a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. If you're hanging out in the word, your conscience will be sharper. And your passion will be stronger. And your understanding of God's grace will be more profound. And God will bring you into freedom. That's just the way it works. That's the way life works. And now I want to just say, as we close here, uh, that... The, the, Jesus talked about being a son and a daughter. And, you know, that starts, that starts with spiritual birth and rebirth. Jesus told a spiritual leader one time on a one-on-one -on -one evening conversation, and Pastor Matt, maybe you could just come and start uh, playing a little bit here. We're just closing. Jesus was talking to a teacher named Nicodemus, and he, he said, uh, you know, if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And that doesn't make common sense, but it makes perfect sense if you understand spiritual truth. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ and never had the very first step, which is being born again, giving your life to Christ and Jesus comes in, on the inside and he makes you new from the inside out this isn't something that we do from the outside and try to be a you know be a better person this is we need to have faith in our lives and truth in our heart that jesus that jesus is making us new from the inside changing us and we start by being born again and that makes us gives us entrance into the family of God. It gives us entrance into the truth of Jesus and being a daughter and son of his. And this is the time for us, for you and me. This is our time to dedicate our lives, first of all, to take that first step. Pastor Tanya's going to come in a minute, and I, I expect she'll be praying with you about this, um, to, to have that initial initiation to believe in Jesus Christ. If you believe, if, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe that in your heart, you will be saved. And then as believers, if you want to be a true disciple, a disciple indeed, Jesus says, if you're going to be my disciple, if you, if you abide in my word, if you hang out in my word, if you cling to my word and make that your environment make that your context make that your agenda then you will truly be my disciples amen what a what that isn't the word of god good hallelujah god bless you love you all at home hang in there all right